welcome everybody. Um, this is episode 52 of Sama. Gosh, it's when you start feeling a little bit old. Now this week we're delighted to have Katrina Starzynskia as our guest expert in this week's episode. Um, she is a holistic nutritionist, acupuncturist, detox specialist, public speaker, author, and a health coach. She's also a yoga and fitness instructor, tennis player, and a model. Now, Katrina was undiagnosed, misdiagnosed, and finally diagnosed with Lyme disease. She realized that Western medicine had failed her, and she also realized that medical doctors had no clue how to treat Lyme or other degenerative diseases. She was actually told that Lyme was incurable. And Katrina, being the strong person that she is, decided to prove the doctors wrong. And this started her quest for answers. So welcome so much to this week's episode of Sama. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. I'm really happy to be participating. I'd like to um, talk to you about the early stages. Where, what made you think that you had Lyme? What sort of symptoms did you have? Of course. So um, my symptoms were, they popped up overnight. Uh, one day I woke up with so-called mysterious disease when half of my face was paralyzed, half of my body was numb. I was mm. in excruciating pain. And um, I rushed to emergency room and doctors told me that um, they didn't find anything wrong with me and they sent me home basically undiagnosed. And also they told me that my Bell's palsy, paralyzed face, was um, it's, it's unknown in Western medicine why it happened. So they told me it might just go away by itself, might not, they had no answers. And since that day, my symptoms would get worse and worse. And um, about... Um, Two months later, I ended up in the emergency room again uh, because I had uh, terrible symptoms and not even a doctor um, um, resident at the hospital told me that I could have Lyme disease. And uh, I was so happy for the next maybe half an hour because finally at least I had some diagnosis. And when I got home and Googled Lyme, I was really scared because it looked like I had a very long road ahead of me and it said that it's incurable so it was a really scary diagnosis for me at that moment. Right now before this doctor um, which, which sounds quite remarkable normally doctors don't use the L word you, you did say that you're misdiagnosed what other things did they say that you had wrong with you? Well, they sent me to the um, uh, New York neurologist and even psychologist because they thought it was all in my head and I was fabricating stuff. Gosh. And I used to live in New York City and they told me that I was just stressed and uh, I had to rest or um, take a break. So um, the, finally, the, the neurologist after asking a few questions, he told me, no, you are not crazy, you're a sane person, and yes. I think you have Lyme disease. And, uh, and he also said, um, if um, it was my daughter, I would tell her right away, just go take antibiotics, just start treatment immediately because it's a very scary disease. So at least somebody was giving me some answers at that moment. Yes, well, that was 
Wonderful. It's not something that you hear very often. Normally, you know, if you look up Lyme disease, it's not any sort of advice. It doesn't normally come from a registered medical practitioner. It's something which is denied. If you look up, you know, Morgellons, the same sort of thing. It's a disease that does not exist. But it's hard yeah. to argue against a, you know, a, a huge wave of population that have, got, that have got it. So how do you think you got Lyme? Katrina? Um, I would assume that I had a tick bite or maybe a mosquito bite, but I'm still not sure because I used to live in New York City, so there are no hiking trails, there are no any kind of nature, no deers. So as I've heard, the ticks can be also transmitted by birds or you, even a mosquito bite can uh, can carry Lyme disease bacteria. Mm. So there are so many possibilities. Gosh. And how long ago was this, Katrina? Um, I was sick. Uh, I got sick in 2009, October 2009. So it's been almost nine years ago. And so what did you decide to do? You got these, this diagnosis, which, which is actually more, you know, which is precise from this doctor. What did you do from there? Um, great question. So because I was so desperate and even though I was anti-Western medicine, at that moment, I honestly would even uh, eat horse poop if I had to cure myself. So when they told me antibiotics would help me, um, I immediately filled out my prescription and uh, took doxycycline for two weeks. However, um, within two weeks, my health declined even more and I went to another doctor. I found a Lyme literate doctor in New York and he told me, well, not to worry. We can put you on IV antibiotics for the next six months with a peak line and you can just administer it to yourself every, every day at home. And if that will not help, we'll give you more antibiotics. And I just felt intuitively that it was not for me something uh, was so wrong. So um, that moment I decided I will not take any more Western drugs and I will research and try to find answers that are more aligned with myself and with my body. So I found herbal protocols. I found, uh, find out about Rife machine and I purchased one. And um, I did um, stuff like acupuncture, and hypothermia when I would go to the sauna every day just to sweat out a lot of toxins and heavy metals. And um, I've done a lot of things that really helped me. And uh, slowly um, I was recovering and it was really um, inspiring because when uh, sometimes when we are very sick and we don't feel better for a long time, we, get, we can get discouraged. And it's very important to keep faith and believe in your head that it's possible to recover. Okay. Now let's go um, back to the start. Many people watching this video now will be suffering from Lyme and they'll be mm -hmm. sitting on the edges of their seats and they'll be wanting to know um, what steps you took and which steps you would do again if mm -hmm. you were to go back in time and then be diagnosed again through, you know, as having Lyme. And so what was the very first thing that you did when you, got, when, you, when you decided to have no more Western medicine, no more antibiotics? What was the first thing that you decided to do? 
Of course. So um, I've done hours of research, probably like every single person that's watching. And uh, I found people uh, online on forums that um, had chronic Lyme disease and they said that they are completely healed themselves. They are healthy and living a healthy life. And um, I decided to just no matter what, um, talk to these people in person and copy everything they did. And uh, after getting their information, I found very similar pattern in their healing journey. All of them completely changed their lifestyle. They um, changed their diet. They changed their mental attitude. They took similar herbal protocols. So I started following um, the same steps. Um, so, for example, people in Lyme community, they probably know about Samento and the Cowden protocol. This is an herbal protocol that a lot of Lyme patients take. So I was taking those herbs for about nine months, and I felt uh, improvement slowly. At the same time, when we take a lot of herbs to kill the bugs, we feel even worse because there are so many neurotoxins uh, released. So I found that um, anything, uh, anything that makes me sweat, like sauna or hot yoga, would really help me because all these toxins would just uh, come out of my body. So I tried to um, sweat at least five times a week, almost every day, and it really helped me to get rid of neurotoxins and um, heavy metals. And uh, also I, I found out that um, Lyme disease, Lyme bacteria likes to hide with heavy metals. And um, I, I went to check my uh, teeth and I found out I had a few mercury amalgams. So I immediately also removed those, which I think is very important. And uh, on my healing journey, um, I would feel better. And then every, about every six weeks, I would relapse and go through flare-ups and feel terrible again. And uh, at that moment, it was very important to remind myself that it's just a healing crisis and my body is healing itself. And um, our body is a, like a miraculous machine. Even scientists cannot explain everything, how it works. So I was just trying to convince myself, uh, maybe fool my own mind, that my body is able to heal no matter what. And I believe that it really helped me, my mindset really helped me to overcome this challenge. Yeah, well, it's quite, quite, a, quite, a, quite a challenge, isn't it? And you're doing so many things at the same time. You're doing your work. How did it affect your work? Did you continue working as you, you, know, as you were before? Or? Yeah, at that time, I was a student at the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine in New York, so I was studying acupuncture. And because I was so sick and it was so stressful to live in New York City, uh, I had developed at that time extreme um, sound sensitivity and light sensitivity. So just the noise pollution in New York was driving me crazy. So I moved out to San Diego, California, uh, because uh, the same school is located actually here as well. So um, at that time, I, I was a student. And of course, it affected my my life. I had to take less classes and um, 
uh, in New York City, I was part-time teaching yoga classes and fitness classes, so I had to slow down because I had no energy to go to work, and I was basically bedridden for a few months and uh, extreme fatigue, so it really affected my life, and I was not able to work for some time. Did you say it was very hot where you are now, and the heat affected you as, as well? Is that Sorry, the audio is not that amazing. But yeah. did you say that the um, the heat affected you? Well, no. I, um, so I was saying that actually heat, like uh, hot therapy, was really good to detox. But I was saying in New York City, the noise, a lot of noise, like um, loud sounds, would really um, give me headaches and made me really sick. So the noise pollution was unbearable. That's why I had to move out. Great. And the place where you're living now is quiet. It's, yeah, it's quiet. It's very healing uh, near the ocean. It's much better, yes. wonder why people live in cities. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got sauna. We've got herbs. You touched uh, before about rife machines. What type of rife machines did you use? Um, yes, well, I, I, yes. I purchased that machine online, and I, I ran uh, the code through my computer. And um, because I was doing herbs at the same time, and I was doing um, Chinese herbs and Western herbs, I was so desperate. I just wanted to heal myself, so I was doing everything at the same time. And it's mm. very hard to know what exactly works. I think it works in synergy. But I really believe in frequency medicine, and uh, I think it's, it's the most powerful medicine because, uh, for example, if bacteria or virus hides in the nerve tissue, when our, uh, there is no blood supply, so our immune system can't even reach there. So free energy frequency can reach anywhere. That's why it's so powerful, and uh, I really believe that it's really helpful to use frequency devices um, on the way to healing. Okay. Were there any other modalities that you used in your path to becoming cured? Um, yes. Um, I, I mentioned that I changed my lifestyle, and I think mm. it was so important to um, eat healthy. So I would really suggest even healthy people to eliminate dairy, soy, um, meat products out of their diet if they want to recover. Um, for some time, I became, a, um, I started eating plant-based diet, uh, mostly raw. Um, and also, I tried to not eat any sugar, so I would not feed any more bugs in my body. Um, I did um, a lot of uh, detox, like green juices, and I took herbs that are detoxifying but I think the sauna and hypothermia was the best detoxifying um, therapy that I tried, even much, much more, much better than um, any herbal treatment. Really? That's, that's quite interesting. Yeah. So you started all these ways of becoming well. How long did it take before you saw good, solid results from this mm -hmm. region that you'd set up? Great question. I think it's also important to have some kind of journal and rate your symptoms because um, 
at first I felt like I was not getting better. And then um, I decided to rate my symptoms every single day. And I've noticed that one month later, my symptoms were 10 and then now they're a little bit less, they're at nine. So I felt like, okay, I'm at least I'm making some progress. And I would say that it took me about three and a half years to completely recover. So first year I was about um, 50% recovered and second year I was 70% recovered. Third year I was about 90% recovered and then another half a year was complete uh, recovery. And um, I've tried also um, other treatments that are not so popular. Uh, there is a treatment called advanced cell training and uh, it's offered um, in the States. So I'm not sure how many people are watching from the US. And uh, it's also somewhat frequency treatment, even though it's not the right machine. So basically um, you call to, uh, it's like a class where you call on your phone from your house. And um, when you discuss your symptoms, they um, send special codes to your immune system and to help your symptoms. And um, at first I thought maybe it was a placebo effect because I really felt better, but I thought maybe it's only in my head. However, I had uh, 40 people in my class and every single person reported great improvements. And some people even would say they were in wheelchair or walking with crutches and then two weeks later they could walk by themselves. So I felt great improvement and this therapy is um, also like a mystery therapy that's hard to explain because it works on frequencies. However, I felt great improvement and I would recommend people to try it out. And these frequencies are just audio frequencies that you're listening to, is that right? Yes. Over the yes. phone? Yes, you listen to uh, over the phone. That's remarkable because mm -hmm. telephones have got quite a narrow frequency range. So it wouldn't be over three kilohertz, which is the maximum frequency that can be transmitted by phone, normal phone anyway. Mm -hmm. It's quite interesting. But there, I have heard reports how audio frequencies do have quite a pronounced effect. And, and certainly a few people have studied this and, and found that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's intriguing. Okay, so you've managed to turn your life around. And do you are you now Lyme-free? Yes, I consider myself Lyme-free for many, many years now because I feel great, I feel no symptoms, and um, I think it's very difficult to um, know by the blood test. I actually, my first blood test when I just got sick was negative, so doctors told me I didn't have Lyme disease, but I intuitively knew that I did have it. So. Another doctor finally told me to do the Western blood test, and mm. he told me, okay, there are a few bands positive for Lyme, and um, that's how I knew that I had Lyme disease. So after I, I, I felt cured, I really didn't do any tests, because as long as I feel amazing, I don't really care what, what the blood test would say. And uh, I'm sure if I did a test, I would, I would show zero Lyme strains in my body. It's interesting you're talking about keeping a log. I, I 
think it's a fantastic idea because you can see trends that otherwise you would not see over long periods of time. If you've got children, you can't see them growing up into, you know, the, you don't see the progress, but if you keep a log and you get photographs or a mark on the wall, you can see, well, they've actually grown this much in so much time. You can see improvements in your health if you grade how you feel. Now, you graded to 10, where 10, I suppose, means terrible and 9 means not so bad. Is that, is that right? Uh, yeah, 10 is terrible, 9 is a little better, and 0 means zero symptoms. Wow, and so you keep a log every day, just give, give a number to how you feel. Is it, how, were you specific in the log? Did you state overall you felt 10, or were you more specific, like headaches mm -hmm. or cramps? I was very specific, so I remember I would say ear aches or sound sensitivity, uh, numbness and tingling and uh, fibromyalgia, pain in my joints, headaches, brain fog, fatigue, depression, anxiety, maybe 20 symptoms and I would rate each of them. And it was really empowering when I saw that symptoms went down a little bit. And uh, it really helped me to keep faith and keep going with my treatment. Right, right. We've had some questions come in through our friends on Facebook. Um, the first one is, um, I don't know who sent this question. They haven't got their name there. But they're asking me, uh, do you have any other effective methods to determine what pathogens one might be carrying without relying upon traditional blood and urine testing? So I guess you've been through the system and you'd have a fair idea what works what doesn't work what would you suggest is the type of test one will do to truly mm -hmm. ascertain whether they have Lyme and what pathogens are involved normally it's Borrelia but what what pathogens are involved uh, oh great question so uh, as I said I did a few blood tests one was negative and then Western blood yeah. came positive with some with some uh, Lyme strands However, in New York City, I visited a Lyme literate doctor, and he is an MD. He is not a woo-woo or healer. He is a medical doctor. And I was so surprised when he was muscle testing me for, um, for, to find out what kind of co-infections I had. And um, it was fascinating because it was the first time I got muscle tested. And uh, him and his nurse, they gave me to hold different... Um, different boxes with uh, some kind of strains. So um, maybe 20 different strains and um, I was tested negative for most of them. And some of them were like HIV or herpes or cancer. And uh, I would test negative by muscle testing. And uh, four times I tested positive and those four times was Borrelia, Babesiosis, uh, Bartonella. So after that incident, I truly believe in muscle testing. I truly believe that our body really is so smart and it knows exactly what's going on with us. So if you can find a practitioner that 
knows what they're doing, I would really recommend muscle testing. We must do a seminar on muscle testing, find, find some expert on muscle testing so they can walk us through. It is something which I always had a natural resistance to because if it hasn't got a, a good engineering explanation, then I'm, I'm not really a believer. But yeah. muscle testing generally is amplifying what, in some way, what your body's saying anyway. So it's a, it's a weak response, but it's magnifying it so, it's, so you can feel it and detect it. I'm surprised, actually, a, a, a medical doctor did muscle, did muscle testing on you. That's quite remarkable. Yeah. Yes. Okay, another question that's come through. Um, what modalities have you seen to be most effective in treating those with Lyme and co-infections? So we've covered um, your, your changing your diet and your city even. <laughs> and um, herbs, and also taking saunas, and using the Rife machine. Um, with everything considered, which way would you think would be the most effective modality, way of treating your Lyme? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think uh, whatever you just mentioned, John, herbs, uh, and I have taken a lot of herbs, and um, I don't know if I can endorse anything, but in my book, I talk about <laughs> different herbs. So yeah. I've, I talk about maybe 20 different herbs that I've taken. And because, uh, just like I said, I was sick almost 10 years ago. I don't even exactly remember which one, but um, I've tried many other treatments. So I've, I can name them. So maybe it will save time and money to other people. I have tried um, hyperbaric oxygen tanks, and I think it's a great treatment. However, it's not a cure, and because it's so expensive, um, I mean, unless you're a millionaire, um, I would not recommend, because with this, if, you, if somebody's on a budget, with this kind of finance, you can purchase uh, a rife machine or more, more herbal treatments. Also, I have tried um, ozone therapy, I've tried um, intravenous ozone, which was great, but it's also extremely expensive. Uh, for example, one ozone treatment costs over $1,000. Gosh. Yes, it, one maybe needs uh, 50 of them. So I've, did, I've done a few treatments and I realized, okay, I, I feel great after the treatment. However, I'm not able to do 50 of them. So I purchased my own ozone generator, which cost only $300. And uh, I kept it at home and I did um, ozone ear insufflation. Also, I ozonated my own water, which is uh, like a treatment on a budget. So I think ozone can help if you can get your own ozone generator for your own house. Um, also, of course, uh, Rife machine. And when I was treating myself, I honestly uh, didn't know about Spooky because this is the most affordable Rife treatment. There are so many devices out there and um, a lot of them are very expensive. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's when somebody uh, trying to heal themselves, a lot of people are even disabled or on welfare and they cannot afford those expensive machines or treatments. I think Spooky is, a, is, is the best uh, treatment to get and uh, try. And especially it's great because uh, it doesn't take much time. You can sleep and treat yourself while you're sleeping. So 
I would highly recommend that. It's a shame that more people don't have the same mindset as Spooky, like your intravenous ozone, thousand dollars a time. Now, yeah. if it was, if it was, I guess it was, if it was Spooky doing that, it'd be something like, you know, twenty dollars a time. <laughs> but they, it's, it's people. People are finding their pockets get light very quickly by following yeah. other, you know, other other methods. But you know, I, I guess you live and learn. Let's hope there is a bit of a mind shift in, in future time. Um, okay, now another question has come through. Have you studied bee venom therapy? That's a bit of a curveball. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I actually, I have uh, tried bee venom therapy only once. So I have uh, found a practitioner uh, on Long Island, New York, with bees. And I remember I arrived there and... Um, uh, she told me that she would do uh, bee venom therapy on special acupuncture points, so not just randomly, but on special points. And um, I already lied down on a table and I was expecting a therapy. So the practitioner came back and she was carrying a box and she shakes it and she said, I need to make these bees angry so they, they uh, sting you. And I got really scared because I was already in pain and I thought to myself, well, if I do one therapy, it's not going to do anything to me. Um, as any therapy, you need to do it consistently for a few months at least. Yes. So I, so I decided to opt out of, uh, of the B-Venom because I felt like it's really traumatizing because, um, I mean, for me, it was really traumatizing because I didn't want to get stung by... 20 or 30 bees at the same time, I was already in pain. And if it was just once, I would do it. But uh, as practitioner told me, I would have to come back maybe 20 times. So I have not done it. Um, but I do believe that uh, any bee therapy is great. And bee products are great, like bee pollen, raw manuka honey is great for people that are healing. So uh, if somebody is not scared of bees, I think it's a great thing to try. <laughs> I guess you'd also have to be wary of if you are allergic to bee stings. Yes, yes. I'm sure the practitioner will um, test you first before they um, make you <laughs> go through many bee stings. <laughs> when a bee stings the bing would shortly die, so it's giving its life to, yeah, right. Okay, another question has come through. This one's from Mike Anthony. Hello, Mike. Um, your question reads as follows. Do rife machines really work? And he's also asking, can it kill herpes? If you, um, well, I mean, Katrina, you've, you've answered the, you know, the, your experience with rife machines with your Lyme disease. Um, I have to I have to mention if, if I'm answering any medical questions, I'm not a registered medical practitioner, so any anything I say is my my personal experience and just for information's sake. It's not formal recommendations. Um, yes, we develop the, a machine to treat, but we don't issue um, any medical advice. Uh, but do rife machines really work? Heck yeah. <laughs> You've heard it from Katrina and you can hear it from me too. They do work. Um, we've got over 12,000 people on Facebook that would give you the same answer. It's, um, uh, 
as Katrina says, it's a way of targeting pathogens, things you really don't want in your body, which drugs often can't reach because there's no, uh, there's inadequate circulation. And can it, can it kill herpes? Herpes is a chronic disease and it's very, very hard to get rid of. But we have had some testimonials of people. If you want to go to uh, spooky2testimonials.com, you'll see a large, long list of people that have been cured from diseases, which doctors have said, like with Katrina, being told by doctors that, um, you know, once you've got Lyme, you've got Lyme, you've got to live with it. That you, you can do things, you can be proactive. And so um, you've just got to go, do your research, and then apply what you've learned. Now, Katrina, you've written a book about your experiences. Did you rely on your log when you're writing your book? Did you go back and think, oh, that works and then we did this and this right and that was the order of events did you rely yeah. on your diary quite often um I, I did rely on my on my diary actually um but it's an interesting story i had never had a um, i never planned to write a book in my life and then when i got sick i thought well if i ever recover i have to write a book to help people however when i did recover I just wanted to move on with my life. I didn't want to think about Lyme disease and write anything. And uh, maybe a year later, um, I was invited to the Lyme disease conference here in San Diego. And I went to this conference and I saw all these sick people struggling, really popping pills right in the conference. So I felt bad. And then on a break, um, I noticed that most of the people on the break rushed to Starbucks and drinking uh, coffee and eating donuts and uh, sweets. And I thought to myself, wow, these people probably maybe don't really know that diet is important, that eliminating sugar is important, that there are natural modalities. So at that moment, I got really inspired to write a book. And the book actually... um, is like my log um, I basically it's like a blog I wrote just very simple chapters on what I tried what worked for me and what didn't work for me so yeah my my log did, did really help me how long did it take to write that book it actually took me not not too long because um, I made myself a goal that um, I want to have my book to be at least around 300 pages and I wanted to be done in three months so um, I would sit every single day for three hours uh, to write and then I had an editor to help me edit it uh, to improve somewhere where my English needed to be improved so it didn't take too long and uh, it was a big project but I, I was sitting and writing for hours every single day. One thing I noticed with the you know, from the short time I've known you, we, we talked a little bit yesterday when you were setting up all the hardware and our discussion now, I noticed that you're very target-orientated. You set yourself goals and then you go out to achieve the goals and you do achieve them. I'm picking that you're the sort of person that does not stop until you have achieved your target objective. Would that be a fair description of you? Yes. Yes, it's absolutely a fair description and um, maybe that's why I was able to recover from Lyme because it was my goal and uh, I've decided that whatever it takes, I'm going to do that. 
and um, also what helped me um, like I already mentioned mindset so for example uh, while I was still sick it was I was about a year and a half in recovery I discovered uh, Tony Robbins and I went to his seminar and at, the, at his seminar uh, we face our fears and we walk on fire or on, on hot coals so I have decided to myself okay if my body is able to walk on hot coals and not burn itself it means that my mind controls everything it controls my physical body so if I walk on hot coals um, it means that also my mind is able to heal myself from Lyme disease so that was a pivotal moment for me because after I walked on hot coals I really knew at that moment I knew that I would heal myself I didn't know how long it, it would take but I had a, a state of absolute certainty in me already. So, yes, setting goals really helps. <laughs> People often say that healing starts in your mind. Yes. There's one thing you don't really read in medical textbooks. <laughs> Everything is very abstract. Uh, not abstract, very literal in, in medical textbooks. It's, it's you, you, you do your diagnosing, you put a label on it. Once it's got a label on, then you get the medications for it and that's the way it goes. But you've done it through a different way and it's quite remarkable. Now, Richard Flynn asks a question which is very timely. What are the key things you changed during your time being sick that you still practice today now that you're well? Mm -hmm. Great question. So um, I still um, eat very healthy. Uh, I do not say anybody become vegan or paleo or eat tons of meat I think it's a personal choice um, I basically eat plant-based diet um, I like to eat everything organic from local farmers markets also I um, drink lots of water with lemon and um, I also purchase my own infrared sauna so I try to do as much sauna as possible at home because I know that we are bombarded with toxins every single day from the air we breathe and water we drink. Um, also, um, as I mentioned, water, I use a reverse osmosis um, filtration at home and I use shower filter because when we shower, we can absorb so much chlorine and fluoride. And I think Europe, maybe China is a little bit better, but in the US, um, water is really bad. We have a lot of fluoride and chemicals there. So I, I live a very healthy lifestyle and I am still um, fascinated by all of the medical modalities and devices. So I keep trying and uh, I be became as a, what they call a biohacker. So I'm trying all kinds of different devices and herbs and modalities just to see how I can improve my health and uh, get rid of the toxins that I inhale every single day or maybe toxins from vaccinations when I was a child. There are a lot of work we can do every single day right now to heal ourselves. Right. Now, you said very early on into the interview, and something which surprised me, you also gave up soy. Now, soy is plant-based, yeah. But you and there's not meat. Why did you decide to give up on soy? 
It a great fun. question. So most of the soy sold in the U.S. is uh, genetically modified, and uh, I would suggest to exclude all genetically modified foods. It's really, it's actually really bad. Um, also, soy um, creates a lot of estrogens in the body, and because we have so much plastic around and all that, all kinds of toxins like parabens from body lotions that create more estrogen in the, in the body. So, um, soy is really unhealthy uh, in the way it's served here. There are soy products that are fermented soys that are much better and healthier, but it's hard to get those. So, I just stay away from soy in general. Okay. And, and you just touched lightly just now on body lotions. So as well as being careful of what you consume, you're careful with what you put on your body. Yeah. I guess it'll go right down to toothpaste as well. Are you sure? Do you, do you go through every, every product that you buy, look at the label, make sure that it doesn't contain any nasties before you uh, throw money over the counter? Absolutely. And uh, also, 99 of products that are sold, we do not need them. They are just marketed to us, so we buy them. I do not use any body lotions. I love coconut oil. Uh, I think it's the best lotion for me personally. And uh, I do buy natural toothpaste that doesn't contain any fluoride. And um, I actually recently discovered that even natural toothpaste contains uh, glycerin. And glycerin is like a coat. It coats your teeth, and it prevents natural remineralization. So if you use um, something more natural that has no glycerin, your teeth can rebuild themselves, and they can even heal the cavities if you do use the right kind of toothpaste and minerals. Wow, that is amazing. I had Clive DeCarl on a, a few seminars ago, and he was talking about remineralization of your teeth yeah. and he was he was talking about how we go to the dentist the first thing they do is drill out the cavity and then take out half of the good tooth <laughs> to make sure they got everything it's quite butcherous when you think about it this way where if you if your teeth can naturally heal that's going to be a much better way of going about it yeah a question from terry hill keep the questions flowing um terry asks did you use the CAFL to find the program you used to treat Lyme disease? Now, the CAFL is a, a set of frequencies that have been grouped together, which, are, which have been found by researchers to be effective. So um, I really what um, Terry is asking is, where did you get the frequencies from? Did you find them from a program, or did you take a scan to find the correct frequencies to use? Mm-hmm. At that moment, I did use the frequencies that were um, sent to me by the Rife Machine company. It, it would just say, these are Lyme disease frequencies, and I used to run them. And also, I remember I found a practitioner that had another biofeedback device. It's like also like Rife Machine, but she was, um, she was touching my pulse, and uh, feeling the um, frequencies that are more aligned with me personally and running personal frequencies. However, um, yeah, that was done by a practitioner, so it was not my device. And uh, uh, me personally, I was running just general line frequencies. 
the Lyme frequencies. Now, Lyme is quite a complicated beast. Yeah. With many different forms. Did you find, as you are treating yourself, changing a lifestyle, having a total change in, in your daily pattern, your daily routines, did you find that the symptoms changed as the Borrelia morphed into other life forms, as it was fighting the battle against you, as it was trying to keep inside your body and you were trying to get rid of it, did you find your symptoms changed? Yes, I did, I did find symptoms changed. Uh, I think when we have Lyme disease, it's hard to distinguish between symptoms caused by bacteria and symptoms caused by neurotoxins. And I think actually most symptoms are caused by neurotoxins like brain fog and fatigue and um, confusion or memory problems. So um, it's very important, uh, even it's very important to keep uh, detoxing and keep going after those bugs, even though they are trying to stay in your body. And um, recently I actually heard from... Um, medical medium here in the US. He was talking about uh, Epstein-Barr virus yes. and other herpetic viruses. And um, he was saying that viruses are so smart, they're trying to overtake our body and become dominant in our body. So it's very important to um, feel that you are the master of your own body and viruses, they're temporary and kind of not to give up and uh, be empowered because we can heal and we can overcome any virus or bacteria. We just need to keep going. It's very heartwarming. Never give up. Keep on, keep on fighting. Um, Terry asks another question, and it's another good one. Have you tried near-infrared light machines? He's asking about the 660 nanometer and 850 nanometer wavelengths in your treatment against Lyme. Yes, yes, I have. Uh, I have tried near infrared light and far infrared light, and it's great. It really helps with um, fibromyalgia, and it also helps with detoxifying um, a lot of nasty toxins from your body. And I feel like. Um, in far infrared and near infrared light is so great for us because we are deficient in real sunlight. People right now are hiding from sunlight or using a lot of sunscreen. So we are all deficient. And uh, um, infrared light really um, sends back um, life force to our bodies. and. Uh, it helps to boost immune system. Yeah, it's, it's great for almost anyone, even for a healthy person, it's great to use infrared light. And I guess it's very, very safe. Yeah. It's heat. <laughs> and so we can't live without heat. So that's, that's great. Now, this anonymous attendee has asked, what do you think about bacteria like Lyme hiding in the dental cavities? And causing chronic illness. Yes, yes, I've heard about that. That Lyme can be hiding in dental cavities, especially um, people that had their wisdom teeth removed. It can be hiding there, or people that had root canals, 
and um, it's all possible. So I have found a biological dentist and um, I went to check to make sure um, I don't have um, bacteria hiding in the root canal that I had. And um, the dentist told me that I didn't have any bacteria in my cavity, so I was um, I was fine. I didn't have to remove the tooth that had root canal. But many people, they do have a lot of bacteria hiding there. So it's great to check with a biological dentist and he would have answers because um, otherwise he would not know. Another question is coming in. Um, keep the questions up, it keeps things flowing. Um, this is another person that's called anonymous attendee. It must be related to the previous anonymous attendee. Uh, this mm -hmm. one is asking, <laughs> If, was, if I had a name, I'd know whether it's a he or a she. Um, but they have asked, have you experienced or had any practice in light or dark field microscopy to assist in identifying pathogens? Yes, I had. Really? <laughs> I did have, um, I did have uh, done my uh, live blood analysis done to see what's going on um, in my blood. And... Um, I have done um, uh, my, my, my blood analysis done with Dr. Monas. He used to practice in Florida in, in the United States. And if somebody Googles him, you would find out that um, FDA has shut down his practice because he was curing people from cancer and Lyme. And actually, they threw him in jail and they took off, they confiscated his microscope. So they, they found in my blood that. Um, not only I had um, all kinds of um, micro microscopic parasites, and doctors said that those parasites come from um, fish or meat-eating, especially fish has a lot of parasites. And uh, those um, parasites basically were, were the problem why it was taking me so long to recover. And also, uh, what he found is uh, some kind of crystals in my blood that he called it uh, that was crystals from um, chemtrails. So um, I even have a real picture uh, from that uh, blood analysis from dark field microscope, and that picture is also in my book because it's so fascinating. Uh, people think that chemtrails are not real, that um, nobody is poisoning us, and it's, it's such a broad topic, so I, I don't want to go into. Uh, deep into that, but um, we do have a lot of pathogens um, that are not even Lyme related. And when we get Lyme disease, our immune system is so overburdened that that's why we are so sick. It cannot take care of so many invaders at the same time. So even a healthy person thinks they are healthy, but they do have a lot of all kinds of parasites in them and. Uh, um, invaders that needs to be taken care of. Yes, yes. Now, Terry's back <laughs> and he's asking this time, what are the three or four foods that you think need to be excluded from the diet in order to heal? I mean, you needn't limit it to four, but if you can just tell us what foods are essential to be removed, which ones are the really baddies? Yeah. Yeah, so first I, um, I would remove all soy, all dairy, uh, flesh, so meat products, 
and gluten. These are the four that you remove. Um, also, um, I would recommend to remove processed sugars. And a lot of people are scared of the fruits, and they think that fruit is a sugar that would feed bacteria. Mm -hmm. And a lot of health practitioners debate, and some health practitioners say that sugar is sugar and bugs don't care and they would eat uh, even fructose. However, I believe that fruits are really healing and I ate a lot of fruits on my way to recovery and um, as well as honey and um, I did recover. So um, for me, fruits were just a great way to nourish my body and heal. Um, so I would, I would advise people not to be afraid of fruits and add more of them, of them to their diet. You mentioned before you frequented a market to get your produce. Yeah. I guess the same market was supplying fruit and the fruit was basically homegrown, organic. Yes, yes. So I prefer to buy fruits from farmers markets that uh, everything is organically grown. And uh, also I would like to mention, even though I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, um, recently I started to supplement my diet with um, minerals and some vitamins because unfortunately our soil is so depleted that even organic fruits and vegetables don't have enough nutrients we need. And maybe a few years ago I was very anti-supplement. I, I believe that nature has everything. Nature provides fruits and vegetables to nourish us. However, it is not the case anymore and soils are depleted. Um, a lot of uh, vegetables have no minerals in them left. So it's very important to supplement as well. It is important. The produce is only as good as the dirt it grows from. And so if yeah. the soil is, as you say, deficient in minerals, then the produce is going to also be deficient in minerals. Great. Okay. So Richard Flynn has asking, what do you think about hypothermia treatment that a few places like St. George's Clinic in Germany practice? Now you did do that, didn't you? The hyperthermia. What were your experiences? Yes, I think hypothermia is the best treatment. And especially if it's uh, combined with um, hot and cold therapy. So if you can find uh, like a Korean spa or Finn spa, Russian spa, where you go into very hot sauna, you stay there for a few minutes and then you jump immediately into ice cold bath. Oh, wow. um, that really uh, boosts your immune system and uh, helps fight a lot of pathogens and detox. And I know that in Germany, they use hypothermia on people that have viruses like HIV. And hypothermia is basically um, an artificial fever. When we get sick, our body creates fever to kill off pathogens. So by hypothermia, we, create, we are creating artificial fever. And that way we are helping our body to get rid of the invaders like viruses and bacteria. So I think it is the best treatment. And as I mentioned, I even purchased my own infrared sauna at home and I try to do it as much as possible because it's, it's a wonderful treatment. Wow. Well, if you bought one yourself, that's, that's, it must, must have been of great value in your road to recovery. Now, Terry, Terry's here. I think he's going for the, the high score this week. And Terry, you've really got the high score. Um, you're asking, but all your questions are great. 
and thank you for asking them. Um, you're asking, uh, did you use uh, bentonite clay suspensions in your rate of recovery? And if so, how often and for how long? Yes, great question. So I did use bentonite clay and activated charcoal to absorb toxins. And um, I think as everybody knows, and it says on uh, instructions, you have to take uh, those supplements away from any vitamins or herbs because bentonite clay and activated charcoal, they absorb anything and everything they come in contact with. So um, I would suggest to take, um, for example, bentonite clay at night, right before bed, few hours after you took your supplements, so it can just absorb all the toxins from your body. Okay, great. Did you try uh, Corella to get rid of heavy metals? Yes, um, heavy metals is such a um, topic that I'm still researching because I believe that we have a lot of heavy metals. And as I mentioned, I apparently had mercury amalgams in my teeth. So I feel like I might have a lot of mercury as well as I used to eat a lot of fish. So I know that I have mercury. And it's very important to detoxify it with a proper um, healthcare practitioner or at least have a proper protocol because if you just take chlorella and it can pick up heavy metal and move it a little bit and then it drops it somewhere and if it drops it in your brain or somewhere where it's even worse than just in the fatty tissues you can cause damage so I would suggest to make a research um, on heavy metal protocols and I found online uh, one protocol called uh, by Andrew Kuttner. He suggests to, um, he has his own um, way of uh, uh, detoxing heavy metals. And uh, it's very strict. You need to take special supplements every four hours. Even you have to set up an alarm and wake up at night every four hours. Because <laughs> if you don't take that supplement and it gets released into your brain, you will cause more damage. So it, it has to be a very serious approach, not just an easy detox. Okay, wow. Now, one thing we haven't really touched much on during our talk today is the role of exercise in your recovery. Because you, you are, um, in, your, in your list of things, you're a health coach, you're a yoga and fitness instructor, so you must have some experience. And it must have been quite crippling in more ways than one, to with your fibromyalgia, your inability to perform strenuous uh, exercise. Mm -hmm. So how important is it to do exercise while you're recovering? Uh, yeah, it's a great question again, because um, it is very important to exercise, and at the same time, people overachievers like myself, it's very important not to overdo it because um, my mind, our mind wants to do more than our body can do when we are healing. So I would suggest if somebody's really not well, at least maybe walk for half an hour or um, take some kind of exercise, exercise like maybe swimming that is not very strenuous. And if somebody has more energy, I would suggest do yoga and stretching, maybe going to the gym and do some kind of exercises. 
because it's not just great for our body. Um, at least for me, when I exercise, I have a lot of dopamine release and I feel happier. And um, I feel also when we sweat, we release a lot of toxins. So it's just such a great way of um, adding just a healing modality. And in Chinese medicine, they say that all disease is caused by stagnation. So let's not let our body stagnate. We have to move our body. And a great uh, modality that I actually forgot to mention is rebounding. So I would recommend to have a mini rebounder at home and just jump uh, at home for 5-10 minutes. So the rebounder um, moves lymphatic system because our blood uh, moves, by, moves every day with, uh, with the heart. Our heart works hard to pump blood. However, lymphatic system is stagnated and when we are sick, all the toxins accumulated in the lymphatic system are just staying there unless we move our body and, and keep them moving out. So flow is very important. You see a very slow-flowing river, it's got a greater chance of having pollutants in it. If it's a fast-flowing river, there's a, flow, a less chance of it having these pollutants. So that's very, very good points. I'm pleased we covered that. Well, we're getting close to the end of our summer. Katrina, I wonder if you can do a shameless plug on your book. You showed, you flashed your book just briefly. If you can show our viewers. Yes, yes I would love to. So the book is called Katrina's Recovery, and uh, it's available on uh, Amazon here um, in the United States. And um, it has a lot of tips on what I have done and uh, what have worked as well as what have not worked for me or treatments like ozone or hyperbaric oxygen tank that are great, but uh, because they're so expensive, they are not necessarily, there are better treatments. So yeah, my book is basically like a blog, um, disguising everything I have tried, what I think is the best treatment, what have worked fast, what have worked the best for me. And um, I hope that it can help other people. Well, I encourage the viewers to purchase your book and read it because it's coming from a person who's been there, done that, knows what works and what doesn't. So it can make their job much easier in their path to recovery. And also supporting other people that we have mentioned in our talk today, the doctors and that who use more than just the orthodox methods to find out the truth. Support the people, make these make them successful so that it grows, the health movement grows. Um, there's more than what is taught in medical schools. And yeah. only through uh, supporting those people who are the true researchers that we can progress and find the real answers. So Katrina, thank you so much for coming on to our summit. It's been wonderful to have you here. Um, Lyme disease, it's a, it's a disease with many, many faces and you've conquered yours. So congratulations. Thank you. And I hope that people that are watching this video who are suffering also from Lyme, they've had their, some of their questions answered and they've got a direction now in what they can do to make their lives better. Lyme can be overcome. Your, your idea, Katrina, of keeping a, a health log is a fantastic idea because it sees the long-term 
changes that you don't see day to day. And, it's, and Lyme is not a disease you're going to cure overnight. It takes a lot of effort and the improvements are incremental and slow. So that's great. So thank you so much for coming on board and um, I'd love to have you on some other time. We'll have some other talk about some other subject. <laughs> yes. And thank you so much for inviting me and thank you everyone who was watching and um, anyone who is watching right now this webinar, you are here not by mistake or by chance. You were meant to be here, you were meant to learn about all these therapies and spooky and uh, you can heal. If I can heal, anyone, anyone can. So I really uh, wish you all the best and um, I hope to speak with you soon again. Healing starts in the mind. If you've already healed yourself in your mind, you know you're going to overcome what's in your body. Your body follows your mind. Yes. So, yes, it's great advice. Thank you so much, Katrina. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.